Physical intimacy is a vital component of a growing relationship with your spouse, but so many couples struggle with that. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Aaron and Greg Smalley. They lead our Focus on the Family Marriage Department. And Aaron, you do a lot of marital counseling. And um, when someone reveals that there's a sexual struggle in the relationship, how often do you find that they're not even talking about sex to begin with? So often couples will come in and they're, they do their best. They're trying to talk about it, but they don't really know how to talk about it. And typically what happens is they end up getting stuck in that well-worn pathway, that cycle, um, when they're both triggered and things are escalated. And that's when they try to talk about it and they just don't have an effective conversation. Or sometimes they're not talking about it at all. Hmm. And, you know, they're sweeping it under the rug and then their minds are going, you know, this is really what's going on. And they're, you know, negative beliefs and drawing conclusions and on and on. And then it just doesn't go well. Yeah. Well, Gary Thomas and Deborah Filata sat down with Jim Daly to address some of this. And in their research, they discovered that 80% of couples have some kind of sexual issue. Deborah, Gary, welcome to Focus. Thank you. Thanks. It's good to be back. <laughs> you, you seem a little hesitant. No, no, this place has become <laughs> I, home apart from home for me. I I'm love it. I'm excited here. to talk about this, and yeah. uh, I hope I hope the listeners, the viewers, are as well. It's like you said in that clip, Gary. Uh, yeah, there is a book in the Bible that's dedicated to this. Now, what do you think the subtle or not so subtle message is there from the Lord? It's an invitation for us to explore what a blessing this is. It speaks of the goodness of God and the kindness of God, that he created us with bodies that have nerve endings and that we can share that in marriage. I I think what it creates within marriage, what it does for our brains relationally, what it does for us physically, uh, and I believe what it can do for us spiritually, worshiping the God who created us that way. (laughs) I've said before, it's not just the act of physical intimacy that I'm after. It's the smiles that come a couple hours later when a couple has been together and enjoyed each other and they look each other across from the table and said, we had a good time. Yeah. Or they smile remembering what happened last night. It's that special intimacy that you only find within marriage. It's yeah. a gift of God and God's design. And I just hope that we're creating a lot more of those smiles around the country. Mm-hmm. And Deborah, the thing that uh, I guess is so subtle and under the radar for us is everybody this we're not talking about seriously conflicted marriages that have deep issues and the physical intimacy component is an area that those issues are are showing forth right i mean that'll show up in the bedroom for sure but generally we're talking about generally healthy marriages here that can do better if they can concentrate on this aspect of their relationship yeah, no, no marriage is perfect. And when you talked about the 80% of couples earlier who struggle, at some point in your marriage, whether it's the honeymoon or a decade in, there's going to be problems. And I think part of the, the dilemma we're facing is we don't talk enough about the problems. And so when people face those problems, they start to panic. They start to worry. They start to think something is terribly wrong rather than being prepared to handle some of the problems. Let me come. ask you, I mean, you're obviously representing all women here at the table. Yeah, every <laughs> single woman in the world. But in that context, um, guys tend to run pretty solo. And I don't know that we talk that much unless we're trying to build up our own self-worth with other men in this area. Do women share their pain more openly with each other here? I I just don't know, seriously. When women get together, do they talk about uh, kind of the downside of their 
sexual relationship with their husband? Is that open discussion typically or how does you know, that work? At the end of the day, I don't think it's a very open conversation for anyone. Um, I, we took a survey and it was so surprising to see that the majority of couples reported that they either Google problems that come up with their sex life oh. to get information or they don't do any research at all and they just try to figure it out on their own. So it's those extremes. So it's extreme in that nobody is really talking about this. It's not one of those things that you can go to Starbucks and have a conversation about mm. with your friends or <laughs> it doesn't come up in Bible study, you know, and I think Christian couples are struggling in isolation. Yeah. And so uh, this is why I'm excited about this resource because it will offer our readers an opportunity to have these really important conversations, some of them for the very first time. Uh, yeah. It, there are limitations to books, but with this one topic in particular, this is where I think a book was really helpful because there are a lot of issues that couples don't talk about and probably shouldn't in small groups, to be honest. Mm. So we wanted to create a resource. Sometimes the hangup is theological. People don't realize how much the Bible celebrates sexuality and gives practical advice. We have chapters where we talk about the Song of Songs leading the way. Sometimes it's relational. Deborah has a whole section about, you know, it's a relational problem or a sexual problem. And so we wanted a book that could address, okay, this is a relational issue. Sometimes it's a physical problem. Sex is a physical act. And there are certain things that you have to perfect and that you can learn from. And sometimes it's just a boredom problem. You've had sex for a long time and you've kind of run out of ideas and you've just fallen into a rut. And what we were able to do by interviewing so many couples, changing the names and making anonymous, we have just tons of practical ideas where couples have said this was so helpful or this inspired us or this encouraged us that you really shouldn't share in a small group saying mm -hmm. you don't want to know that about people you're sitting next to but in this context we're able to get very specific and helpful so whether it's theological relational physical or just practical ideas I think a book is really the form to get this information out there. Well, and that was one of the punches we were going to give, that we're not going to cover all the great content right. that you have in the book, so people need to get it. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. I think people will want to get this. Well, the book being discussed in that clip is called Married Sex, and we have that here at the ministry. Uh, make a donation today. We'll send a copy of that to you. Now, Greg, Gary and Deborah addressed how so many couples struggle uh, with sexuality in their marriage. How can I offer grace to my spouse if things aren't going the way we'd like in terms of sexuality? It's a great question. As I've been thinking about this very question, it caused me to kind of go back to what does actually grace look like in a marriage? And as I've thought about that, I think it involves two kind of broad things that are important for me to keep in mind. When I when I think about grace in my marriage with Aaron, I think number one is there there has to be a kindness. Grace will equal kindness. There has to be a compassion, a gentleness. In other words, when we start talking about sex, am I willing to show up kind and gentle, compassionate it, 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 within that conversation? And so if I'm going to have grace, it's going to start because I'm being kind, but also then giving Aaron the benefit of the doubt. It's so easy when dealing with sexual issues to jump to conclusions. This is why she's not interested. This is why she won't ever initiate. This is why fill in the blank. 
And, and what that does is that it takes me then to instantly a bad place. Then I develop negative beliefs because I'm jumping to these conclusions, believing that I'm right. Of course I'm right. I mean, if I think it, I'm right. And thus I start seeing her in that way, or I notice things that support sort of that belief. Mm -hmm. And, And so first and foremost, just be aware of that. How do I show up in a more compassionate way in this conversation? And then how do I guard against jumping to conclusions. And I think the way to do that is just to be willing to be curious, to to ask Aaron in a gentle way, hey, um, is this a good time to talk? You know, I've been, I, I'm, I'm just curious about something. Help me to better understand. I've noticed this. I want to jump to a really negative conclusion, but instead, how about just tell me kind of for you what's going on. Have you noticed that? And even if Aaron you know, d- brings a lot of energy and instantly is defensive Which, or blaming. That never happens. <laughs> it, it only <laughs> happens like once a day. So yeah. it's not, it's not that <laughs> well, often. And, but and, you know, and what I so appreciate, sorry to interrupt, but I, what you're saying is something bigger than sexuality. Yeah. It's how am I showing up as a spouse first and foremost? Can I show grace in all? And if these are difficult conversations, then I've at least built up a track record of trust. Well, otherwise it won't feel safe. And I tell mm-hmm. you, this topic, w- when Aaron and I are talking about our sexual relationship, if this doesn't feel safe, there's no way that, that she is going to want to talk, that I'm going to want to talk. And I think that for a lot of couples, this has become very unsafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm going to say that for, for Dina and me, we experienced that. Yeah. We went a couple of months without talking about this. And there is assumption upon assumption Mm -hmm. upon assumption. Now, a lot of this was circumstantial. I mean, life happens, and I have to kind of put on my big boy pants and say, you know what? There's nothing romantic that's going to happen for the next three days because, or whatever it is. But we weren't talking. And so we both kind of went to these areas of wrong conclusions. When we started talking again, whoa, okay, well, I I feel closer to you now just even talking about it. Why is it so hard for us to get there, Erin? It is so hard because often we're trained not to talk about sexual, any sexual things growing up that we don't talk about sex with our parents. So we have to look at what was the comfort level in our family of origin as far as talking about sexual things. Because we are sexual beings. That's part of what God put inside of us. And so did our family of origin talk about that at all? Was it uncomfortable when anything came up about maybe even the opposite sex and, you know, on and on? And you add in uh, guilt and shame from past sexual experiences, maybe abuse, trauma. It's a very difficult Mm -hmm. topic. This gal comes to mind so often I'll work with individual women and this gal came in and she said, I want a new sex life. And she's a married woman. And I said, well, have you talked to your husband about it? And she said, no. And I said, well, how come? And so we started processing that. And just the the reality of if we don't talk about it, nothing is going to probably change. And so just being courageous enough. You know, I love that she wanted to talk to me about it because then we could process and I could prepare her for that conversation Great. with her husband. Well, I, I want to go back to that book that Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta wrote. It's called Married Sex. If you get this book and leave it lying around, it can be a topic starter. It can be a discussion starter. It can lead you as a couple. Uh, if you look at it together and talk it through, it can kind of open the door 
for some really good conversations. If you need a place to turn to because you just don't feel like I can get to a safe place with my spouse on this, give us a call. Our team of caring Christian counselors would be happy to give you a call back. Uh, It's a free uh, 20-minute phone consultation. They'll pray with you. They'll offer some insights. Um, Our donor community makes it possible for these counselors to talk to you. So please, uh, either call them, or if you're in a good spot, maybe make a donation to enable us to reach out to others. Um, Be a part of the support team, and when you make a gift today, we'll send a copy of that book by Deborah and Gary called Married Sex. Well, next time, Ron Deal and Dr. Gary Chapman provide hope for couples in a blended family. And for now, on behalf of the Smallies and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.